really get into the nitty-gritty behind monsters from different lore. However, there is a general focus on D&D. We are players and DMs, so we draw from our experience with different tabletop RPGs. And we tend to go off on tangents every so often. If you're looking for facts and historical value, this may not be the podcast for you. But if you love discussing monsters and all of their potential just for fun, then we got you covered. Adult content warning, and with all that out of the way, my name is Dylan, and I'm joined once again by my two brave monster hunters. I'm Alex. And I'm Melina. And this is Mornings with Monsters. Today we find ourselves climbing high up in the mountain pass, hunting a beast, terrorizing the locals, well at least every few years. On the wings of red with spiraled horns and eyes of molten lava orbs, make a deck saving throw, because today we're taking on the one, the only, Red Dragon. The most iconic D&D monster, I would say. It's on like the book, it's on the DM screen, it's all over the place. But we'll also start this episode talking a little bit about dragons. We've been slightly wary about starting our adventure uh, hunting these dragons, because they're scary. Um, each, each dragon comes with several different variants, obviously the classic ancient red dragon uh, and then each dragon kind of also has an adult dragon young dragon and dragon wormling stat block uh, they're different stages or life cycles stages of the life cycle and we're just gonna kind of combine them all in one um, since it's the same thing and move just moving from from its wormling state all the way up to its thousand year ancient status it's also going to be very D&D heavy, I would say, uh, when we are talking about this specific dragon type. There are many dragons in many different forms and different you know, forms of media um, that are red, but I think, at least I'm pretty sure we're specifically talking about your typical red dragon from D&D, because they're going to have you know, a lot of differences from just a dragon that's red in, say, Game of Thrones uh, or something like that. Because uh, I'm pretty sure in Game of Thrones, it's like there's red, green, black, white, and they're all kind of... They've all got their own personalities, but they're not serving a specific god as far as I know and going about their ways eh, for specific reasons, just kind of more personal. Am I on the right track, guys, or are we... I think you got it. Um, the only thing I wanted to say on these, on the um, front end of this with the explanation is I was cruising through the different editions. I like to see if the stat blocks have changed much throughout the editions. Sure. In third edition, for the stages, there is Wormling, very young, young, juvenile, adult, young adult, adult. Mature adult, old, very old, ancient, worm, great worm. And I'm like, that is so many. And it's all, and then first edition and second edition, it's just red dragon. One, one red dragon. That's interesting. That's it's, it. it's like, um, well, I know in first edition, when you, you see a dragon, you like, you really just literally roll a dice and there could be a dragon. So it almost Fair. makes sense that like, the game's so much faster paced back then, so you didn't want to like kill your whole party by throwing just the red dragon stat block at them immediately. So having a bunch of options to kind of pull from, and I've never played it, but I've I've seen it played once or twice. And death comes quick in that game. <laughs> You'll finish a whole campaign in in one setting, or you know, not especially always. If players aren't high enough level. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and the same kind of goes for 5th edition, I would say. There's a there's several stat blocks for Red Dragon, and I'd say that's for a reason cuz you want to you want to fight dragons in Dungeons and Dragons, but the problem is most campaigns don't make it past level 10 and ancient red dragons are not a level 10 fight. So difficult. Probably what would you say? Level 15 that's where I would start. For an ancient like dragon? For like, well, for, yeah. So like for a red. I'd say a party of uh, 
you know, six with magic weapons, uh, that's pretty well balanced. Yeah, 15. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, obviously not a singular player at level 15, but. No. Even a party of four at 15 would have. Like, they would struggle. Like yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, the attacks could prob like his. I'm trying to look at his breath attack. It's uh, 26 D6. That's 91 average damage, and if you were maxing it out, that's taking down a whole character. But, as we know from some of our research, red dragons are loath to use their breath. Yeah. Because yeah. they, they don't want to destroy possible additions to their horde. Oh, absolutely. It's true. Um, so, I think before we deep dive into red dragons specifically... We'll give um, just a slight bit of like general dragon knowledge, I think, uh, for our l listeners who may not play Dungeons and & Dragons. And I think this is interesting as a concept, like dragons in general, for people that don't play Dungeons & Dragons, because they're still super fucking cool. Um, so there's two types of dragons. There's the metallic dragons and the chromatic dragons. Uh, without getting into it too much, there's basically two dragon gods. Uh, one is Bahamut, uh, which is good, and they uh, all the metallic dragons kind of worship them. And then there's Tiamat, which I could be saying those wrong, uh, which is nope. ba bad, and uh, those are the chromatic dragons that kind of worship them. And the ancient red dragon is a chromatic dragon, so not super fun. Uh, it's chaotic evil in its alignment, so... Um, anything else you guys want to add about general dragons? There's a lot uh, of... I know, there's so much stuff. There's, yeah, there's a lot. Um, well, these I dragons can talk. That's a big one. Oh yeah, all dragons can talk. Yep. Yeah. I think we see it like 50-50 in media, but for as far as D&D and talking to non-D&D players, that's probably the one like shock I get is they're like, wait, dragons can talk i'm like yeah yeah they're really intelligent in D. &D. most dragons i feel like can like can talk i f they're the uh general public that's less into fantasy like we we're all aware game of thrones brought in like this huge wave of non-fantasy nerds into nerddom. like nerddom yeah so there there's this whole subsection of people who got introduced to things like dragons and media through game of thrones where dragons don't talk that's true um, so i feel like that is maybe why it's a clarification point because we see it in a lot of other media that they do talk or like mm. they at least have like the um like they can talk in your brain kind of thing. Like yeah. most yeah, of them aren't hi, I'm a dragon. Yeah. Like with their mouth, they're they're it's gonna be a a mental link. Yeah, and it, it is kind of split. I, yeah. I would say even in like uh Lord of the Rings, I believe some can talk and the older versions can't. Um but that's yeah. I don't know if that's a hundred percent true. Dragons but I are feel weird like a lot and of people even who are nerdy understand that like Lord of the Rings does sit a little bit in a subsection of the nerdiness because it's its own pocket okay. of, yeah. of lore and its entire world. Exactly. And I'm not, then that's, we can say game of Thrones obviously is it's, it's yeah. too, but it's less developed because you know, I always I was thinking about this right before there we started, because like Game of Thrones is like Westeros or whatever the name of the whole planet is, is uh, really, really old. And dragons are they most likely predate most civilizations. So who knows what they used to be? Because even in uh, right. D&D, they, you know, they started kind of the opposite, like the the dragon. Well, it it depends on where you you know find your source material for where dragons started but um i believe they came from before the enlightened gods or whatever uh started creating races that could understand things uh there was like a dragons on the realms that couldn't talk and they were more like uh worms um 
before like the gods came into play and started giving sentience and then it gets a little bit like even in the lore it's like we don't 100 percent know everything about how dragons became your modern day dragon um i mean if you look at the way that um dragons kind of got bred out of westeros and how like <clears throat> over the generations they were just smaller and more pathetic and then you think about how they were kept even at the like height of the targaryen uh like rain yeah they were still kept in small uh for them you know because they're dragons small basically cages you know a pit underneath the ground sure like what if before the fall of valyria before you know being enslaved by the targaryens and the valerians maybe they had their own culture they did speak and they did create and yeah um it was through magic or maybe through some like shitty daenerys targaryen type of like sacrifice magic yeah that tied dragons to humans you know like could have been anything but it is weird to me to see that like such a huge part of a world these dragons are so domesticated yeah i would say there's probably residuals of some kind of culture they mm -hmm. are super smart they respond to you know valyrian speech so yep. there's there's something there's something there. They definitely can understand at the very least. I definitely think we're looking at like a downfall of something. I think so too. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense because there was a lot of stuff that the fall of Valyria did. And we don't really know, you know, like mm -hmm. we know the doom came and we've seen what the doom does to like humans. Yeah. So. Well, and it's very possible. Like, I think the society of dragons that that existed in a sense of um actual communication if anything with the people if they were there like the dragons probably had a hand in building valyria that's what i was thinking yeah, yeah. They probably there long before. Like you, you hear it all the time that there are no smiths alive that can mm -hmm. make Valyrian steel. Well, I, I am always a believer that dragons have a have a hand in making Valyrian steel, and that's the reason why they're so, so magical. Yeah, you know, like that actually make, tracks. I've never thought about that, but that makes but a it lot just of seems. Sense. Yeah, it just seems like the reason that they lost the smiths is because the dragons can no longer communicate. You know, like. Yeah, and also the the reason they lost the access to Valerian steel is because there's no no they don't they don't realize that connection. Yeah, and why would they? They think that dragons are basically beasts, you know? They're creatures of yeah. war, you know. Yeah, yeah. Rather than should, uh, intelligent. <laughs> not that this is a uh, uh, Game of Thrones podcast, but no, we are just all big fans. <laughs> I mean, it is. It is dragon heavy so um especially with this this new season no spoilers of course obviously i mean we've all seen it um but i think we kind of we kind of pressured alex into to into watching it before it was all aired House just of because, dragon yeah yeah all <laughs> of all of the other party members had watched it and it was like episode three and i you, i think that's when you guys gave in and started watching it and i was like it's probably because we won't shut the fuck up about talking about it. I mean, um, I don't I don't like care too much about spoilers, but at the same time I hate like not being part of the conversation. Sure. I can so <laughs> I'm like, stop talking about that. I haven't seen it. Yeah. Um, like, I want to talk to you about this, damn it, but I have no knowledge to give. <laughs> yeah, I mean this um, is gonna air way later than um you know the current time that's true we're yeah. recording this well, still, but I mean, um i've been dodging spoilers left and right of uh uh god of war ragnarok because like half of the people i work with are <laughs> way further than me and they're like my brother's oh, been to like this part. <laughs> my brother's been like t texting me like every four hours when he comes out of his fucking like stupor in it you yeah know? he's like this yeah. game this game i'm like it's shut up dude so good it is good um and it will probably have oh. several DLCs by the time we eventually, you know, air this. <laughs> so we'll see. What I was going to say is, I feel 
that in the House of the Dragon, we can see, like, the last remnants of, like, the, um, the dragon rider Targaryens, Valerians, like, that have the respect and relationship that, like, Danny was trying to rebuild a little bit to an extent. Like, you can see it in, like, Rhaenyra. You can yeah. see it in, like, her sons a little bit. The little shitheads that, like, we don't need see, to get... My, my mind went right to Damon, not to the not to the yeah. Targaryen boys, because Damon has no respect for his dragon or yeah. the dragons on a whole, and it's weird, you know? Yeah, it's kind of... <clears throat> and I think that's that's one of the biggest disconnects I think that he has as a character mm -hmm. in the storyline altogether. And I mean, we see it with like when he figures out that Rhaenyra has information from Viserys that he didn't get to know, like, or he didn't know first, he fucking snaps. But spoilers. I feel like it's a similar thing that he's just like, dragons are beneath me. If I don't if I give them any more power, then they could easily not be. So like I like I'm in charge here, kind of bullshit. Well, um, to pull this uh, back to uh, Red, Dragon. Red Dragons, just a little bit. Um, the dragons forging Valyrian steel, you see a little bit of that same kind of concept in D&D. Um, I don't know if it's one specific instance of this, um, but I know that there's at least one, probably happens more. Uh, but the dwarves had actually kind of enslaved a dragon and oh. use it to forge. Um, so it's like half enslaved because they've captured it, and then they also half kind of pay tribute to them because it like uses its dragon fire to, you know, forge and create things it wouldn't otherwise have been able to. Because um, it's like magically imbued fire, so yeah, it's it's straight elemental magic. It That's mixed, cool. mixed with you know their internal dragon goo whatever <laughs> <laughs> which if you guys goo. if you guys are gonna uh i say goo specifically because i found out that the way dragons work at least in D D, and they have whole like autonomy like you know they yeah. have an autonomy like there's there's reasons for everything that it the breath attack is kind of not a great description because it's more like they're vomiting because the fire comes from like part of their stomach so i always thought that was interesting so in <laughs> most stories i've read where dragon's fire is like explained they usually have like a fire bladder that has some kind of like sticky flammable liquid that either gets mixed with the air or like another chemical that the dragon releases and um, yeah catches fire like as it meets yeah, it, I'm, I was starting to be, I was like looking at it and I was looking at pictures of, you know, a, a dragon's internal organs. And then I was like, you know what, even if I try and memorize all this, it's not going to come out right. So <laughs> oh, I'm just going to like, it's, it's so much. We're going to, I'm going to pick the pick at the parts that were interesting. Um, so I don't <laughs> know. Fantasy medical podcast. Yes. <laughs> Where each week we dissect a different dragon. Okay, but that would be really cool. That actually would be really If we awesome. could legitimately, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We need a, like, a medical, you know, we'll explain how all of the things work and have, like, someone who has, knows nothing about fantasy, but a lot about... But so they, much medicine. Yeah. <laughs> they'll just be like, hmm, fire bladder, I don't know. But it's magic. <laughs> and that's kind of, like, how the whole thing was. It's like, it makes sense because of magic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's how half of the fantasy world works. Yeah, but D&D does a pretty good job of not just explaining it away by saying, well, magic, you know, I mean, some things for sure, but uh, it's usually, well, the magic works this way, so. Yeah, but I've um, I've definitely always seen, not, not always seen, I, in my head, I see, I see, like, a dragon's flame as more of, like, magma-esque type looking yeah secretion well there is um a dragon not in uh like the current meta of D, D, but an older dragon that did 
uh, spew magma as well as fire. Um, but it ended up getting like formed into a mountain and stuff. Um, that's but, cool. And that's like D and D like I th- early editions. And that's in a realm where there are no Tiamat or Bahamut. Um, so the dragons end up like the only time they ever work together is when this dragon wakes up. And oh, because okay. because it's like it's a literal mountain and it breathes molten magma on everyone, which is scary. Yeah, that is terrifying. Like, no but I can also get that that would make all the other dragons be like, "All right, the <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and it's I mean, the, the dragons did work together at the very beginning to put down some kind of evil force before they were separated, and that's how. The two dragon gods got created was by the, the another god that made the dragon gods and decided you know all the other dragons shouldn't be you know elevated to god status or they'll probably eat all of the other gods so there's a lot of religion in the dragon lore especially with red dragons because they believe some really hilarious shit in comparison to what you just said yeah they they believe that the world was created by a a prime dragon called Asgaroth, and then that after the world was created, they like Asgaroth created dragons, and that any dragon that isn't red lost their color through impurity. Wow! And don't deserve to be at the pinnacle of dragon kind like the Reds do, which is hilarious to me because <clears throat> further on in my research, they said that they will actually like avoid fights with gold dragons because they know that like they're stronger than them but they won't admit it like that like as a weakness they'll they'll find a reason for why it's not wise to fight the gold dragon this time yeah every time yeah exactly Mm -hmm. um and i think that that wisdom uh comes from and I, I don't. I personally don't think all red dragons are necessarily that wise uh, to no. avoid those fights, uh, because there's the orphaned reds, uh, where they aren't given that guidance by their parents. So, oh, I'm under the impression that all dra- all red dragons have no guidance from their parents. So I read like an uh, article of ecology. Um, I don't know if it was official D and D. Uh, but it said that the mother and dragon, after they mate, they, um, they actually have like a competition, um, out of convenience, uh, for their, their kingdoms, uh, to kind of try and get the, like the, the mom dragon will tell the, the baby dragon all the things it wants it to know, uh, so that it will make its life easier and maybe not invade its territory or go really far away. And then the dad will do the same thing. Um, and then the baby will kind of like choose to stay in communication with one throughout its life solely out of uh, convenience for the rest of its life. Um, That's interesting. Which is, there's, there's conflicting, (laughs) conflicting reports on the early stages of a red dragon's life. What I read, it's not, I mean, it's a little bit of a, even before that. So, um, the uh female only like they only mate every like century or so yeah um and they like pick the most wealthy of like high status red dragon so mm-hmm. like they never fight it because they're like they take it as like an honor yeah even um, the males take it as like a reputation boost right mm-hmm. exactly yeah so um so she once she hatches her eggs, mm-hmm. her the uh, ma- the male dragon like abandons her. That's what I've heard too. Yeah. Yeah. So they'll abandon her, <coughs> and um, so she will like raise raise them to a young adult stage of development. Um, but sometimes even earlier than that, her nat- like natural instincts will kick over and. She'll force them from her territory. Yeah. So, red dragons, the greediest of dragons, most covetous, yep, and the biggest of the uh, metallic dragons. At least their wingspan. Um, chromatic. Chromatic. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. Chromatic. It's very. There's a lot of 
weird words. Um, so many. Um, excuse me, chromatic dragon. <laughs> Actually. So I was trying to figure out, because uh, like in D&D &D it says that dragons are what they are as far as alignment goes. But there's also, it's not impossible for a red dragon to be good, kind of. Uh, there's, there's like... Somewhere. Yeah, there's like a way to do it, but if you try and go, like if, if you raise a dragon from birth, first of all, it's born able to read, write, and understand magic. And then it also immediately becomes greedy enough to not let you steal the shell of its egg uh, because it will hoard it. It will be its first like thing that it adds to its dragon hoard. So uh, I read that if you try and take a a dragon at birth and, and make it good but go about it the way you would like any other creature it's gonna backfire on you because it already has an understanding of so many things right when it's born um and I, it was kind of unclear as to like how you would you know raise it or influence it down the path of the best you're gonna get is probably like neutral <laughs> i don't think you're gonna get a good one but maybe just not like a evil based alignment um, are we talking about specifically with rats yes yeah. okay yeah because there's all you know there's tons of i i bet the dragons fall under almost every line alignment except for true neutral but maybe yeah i thought that was uh really funny because it's like i just imagine like a group of adventurers finding a, a red dragon egg that's uh, on the verge of cracking emerging from its uh you know molten uh, nest and then they try they're like oh this is our chance it's a red dragon we're gonna try and make it good and then it's immediately like hey fuck you stop stealing my egg shells and then just yeah. like breathes fire on them like and then i saw some i saw someone's comment on youtube said that they're one of their rangers in their party has a, a red egg and they have no idea what it is but they're really excited to see it hatch oh no <laughs> that's scary and, and like uh the requirements for hatching a red dragon egg are lethal to, you know, humanoids. Like, the levels of heat that it needs. Yeah. So, I don't know how he's about to <laughs> hatch that puppy. Also, I don't know, I don't know how it works. Like, if, if you have an egg that gets, uh, you know, it isn't incubated in that molten, like, immediately, like, does it hatch if you save it for 100 years and then put it on some hot coals or whatever? Right, yeah. That's interesting. Sure. And Game of Thrones, maybe. Yeah, and I always heard that those uh, were magically hatched after the petrification. You know, I, I think so too. There was probably some kind of uh, god-like intervention, like, or maybe there's a lost way of old Valyria, like the only way to hatch dormant dragon eggs is through sacrifice or something. That's true. I mean. It might be why they gave them uh, to them every time, like one was uh, like a Targaryen was born or whatever. Sure. You know, like the sacrifice of birth was enough to like hatch a dragon. But I also believe that, like, when Danny hatched her eggs, Relore needed to be on the planet again. Sure. And that the dragons are his like physical embodiment. Yeah, because that's when the comet came. Was at the exact same time, which mm -hmm. is a stream of light. That lingered for a very long time in the books. I'm reading, yeah, like I'm reading them like right now. Like a long time. Like the entire book, at least one of the entire books, which each book is like th over thirty hours because uh, I'm listening to them right now. So that's a long and like, time. Does it span like months in the book? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe yeah. even like a, a full year. It's a long time for a goddamn comet. I know, right? So that's like <laughs> it's probably not a normal comet, you know? True. Beckoning, the eye of a great red dragon right heralding in the next age of dragons that'd be cool so did you guys get to see the like rage of a red dragon uh, a little bit like the uh the prime hunting time for for humanoids to kill a red dragon is like when they're in competition with other neighboring red dragons yeah it's so stupid. Yeah. When they think that they've been out-wealthed. Outperformed in, like, their veracity or something like that. There's a lot of uh, peacocking in, you know, Red Dragon, Red Dragon society. Culture. 
<laughs> it, culture. It almost reminds me of like when, when I see like a uh, like a, a hugely lifted bright red loud diesel truck with balls <laughs> hanging from the tailgate like yeah that's yeah. a red dragon to me you know what i mean like <laughs> like could you run any car that you see over yeah probably like do you need to no but like Hopefully all right <laughs> you, you impress the female car <laughs> <laughs> you're, no, you're not getting any about truck nuts that just oh, doesn't scream the like i feel like red dragons are a little bit more elegant than truck nuts i don't but... think so i I'm, i have to differ like if it if it can, can like gain something from its posturing alone yeah. like it will you know what i mean and like in that that is like the tactile tactical mind but it might not be glamorous but it fucking does the job <laughs> yeah i mean they'll covet anything <laughs> like that's worth any value it's like very... if you if somebody sneaks in and steals like a tiny coin from their hoard and they slept in a town before they came to steal it, the dragon will just burn the town down. Like just for like making sure that that thief could sleep there. Yeah. Well, I I also read that That's well, truck nuts for that's, me. That's that's <laughs> truck nuts right there. All right. <laughs> that's our next podcast tagline. Um that there's the truck nuts again. Uh, in their truck. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Could you imagine just them, like, have them seeing them hang down as they fly away? Oh, like... God, <laughs> just like gilded truck nuts. This is fire country, encrusted with jewels, um, <laughs> forged in a thousand year <laughs> dwarven smithy. Um, those would smell bad. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> so I, I read that. Um, Dragons can forge magic items uh, and use, like, magic items that are specifically for dragons, like tail bracers and things like that. Although the red dragon won't use those because it's, like, a sign of weakness. But some are known to use magic items uh, that are basically, like, fields of anti-invisibility for their hordes. So to cool. help to help them protect their hordes. But... Other than that, they don't. They they see that as weakness, and any sign of weakness is is a huge problem in the dragon, red dragon, uh, culture. <laughs> you don't. Yeah, that's to enough to like literally have another red dragon pounce on you, right? Yeah, I mean, they will. For if for any reason, other red dragons think you are uh, showing sign of weakness, they will mm -hmm. attack and kill you and claim your land. Which... Like, they will all attack and, like, they will all gather together. All the red dragons in the realms around you gather together and be like, this bitch senile. <laughs> yeah, they're getting old. They can't hold their land. Let's all attack them. Oh, you didn't and do so great in this fight, so we're all going to attack you now. You know? <laughs> I, yeah. It's just like, until one is left. and then the It's almost like when we, when we saw the harpies, like, yeah. Call. You know what I mean? Like, uh -huh. like when you can't, if you can't keep it, then you never deserved it. Yep. Yep. It's our mindset. All right. Well, we have climbed the mountain pass and we, we're recording this as we're walking, by the way. Um, <laughs> there is a little, little cave here. And I think I see some light at the end of the tunnel. So we're going to take a, a quick dip into this very ominous looking cave Ooh, it's warm um and uh we'll be right back if we make it to the other side hey guys welcome back to another episode thank you so much for listening red dragons very fun to talk about we learned a lot and now we're terrified uh i hope you guys are enjoying so far and uh don't worry i'll let you get right back into it but if you want us to discuss a different kind of monster next week or maybe a different kind of dragon you can reach us at morningswmonsters at gmail.com and as always huge shout out shout out to at mizzencake 
on Instagram. You can check out some cool stuff. They made our cover art. Super, super cool. Also, if you found us through one of our QR code stickers, uh, that's that's thanks to at Olava's Cryptid Crafts. Super cool stuff. I uh, hope you guys are enjoying. Don't forget to tell everybody you know, nerds or not, maybe soon to be nerds, um, family, friends, coworkers, enemies, you know, anybody about Mornings with Monsters because it's super fun and that's the best way for us to do our advertising. Well, I'll let you get back to the rest of the episode. Thank you so much and you'll hear from me next week. We've come to the other side of the cavern and I think I see the glimmer of gold. Oh, that's a red dragon sleeping. Back up, back up. Um, and while we sit here, let's talk, talk a little bit about some red dragons um so i don't know if you guys saw the lifespan i looked a little i looked around for the lifespan of a of a red dragon and i uh, you know went down the rabbit hole a little bit um i saw it's like around a thousand years but almost all of them that aren't killed live way longer than that yeah i figure like it's either lost to memory or like not the red dragon's memory, but like human recording or like the dragon dice. That's pretty much it. Yeah. So yeah. I also saw that red dragons are so greedy that their like greed for even life itself uh, to like live longer so they can keep hoarding. They will take um, they prefer vampirism but they will also become Dracoliches just to keep going. But they prefer Drac or prefer vampirism so that they can, uh, you know, maintain their personality. So they'll, like, get bit by a vampire to yeah. turn into a, a... And then, so, like, by that, do they have to drink They have blood? to drink dragon blood. Wow. Which is fucking brutal and kind of That's cracks so for a red dragon, though. Yeah, it does. They would do that, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I don't think any many other dragons would, but the red would, absolutely. I would be so fucking scared to fight a vamp vampiric ancient red dragon. And, <laughs> I mean, essentially, you are always fighting an ancient red dragon if it's a vampire, because they don't. there's no need for it to take on vampirism if, if they're if it's at young. the end of their lifespan, yeah. Yeah. If it ain't old. So I thought that was interesting. And like the article I read like uh wrote it so well it was like a thousand years, ha huh, that's not nearly long enough for my greed. Like I'll take vampirism, like something like that. I was like, Oh that's That's really legit. Cool. That's awesome. I think my most favorite fact I found was their their meat. Like if you if you're to consume red dragon meat, like either don't <laughs> like literally don't or you need to get it prepared like very specially because it's like so spicy it will fuck your whole body up. I want to try it. Me too. So bad. Dragon meat though. Hmm. I feel like that's probably most dragon meat though. Yeah, I mean, I would all dragon meat does does weird things to you, but I think yeah. specifically the red dragon is super spicy. Like so spicy, it makes your body cramp and stuff. Picante. Um. Muy muy. <laughs> uh yeah no that that would be something to try i think uh i think it recommended a jerky <laughs> that sounds so good actually to cure it and take yeah. down the spice level red dragon yeah. jerky would probably be very very expensive although i don't know i feel like i would i, mean... I would age it until it becomes like like only like a mild medium you know yeah. what I mean? In comparison to what it was. And then I would just like pack it with before trimming it with like berries. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like bring the sweetness level into it before I cut it into jerky. I think that would be bomb. We we can't spend all day talking about dragon meat recipes because I'm just gonna get real sad I would too. that we can never yeah. do it. We'll um, never have it. We'll never have it. Um, I I also uh, found out that there's some justification for um, dragons sleeping for so long without eating. Because, you know, I'm always thinking about, like, that, like, how, well, how do they sleep for, you know, years or decades at a time without eating? 
And apparently some some like reptiles and drag dragons aren't technically reptiles, but in real life they can go months or seasons without yeah. eating. And yeah, I thought that um, was really interesting. They call it brumation. Okay. Yeah. Um, I figured you'd like, know a little bit more than I would about this. So I was interested it's to like, bring it up. It's like a smaller form of hibernation. And I don't know if they gorge themselves beforehand or not, or if they just like, because reptiles are weird, man. They're yeah. not like mammals, you yeah. know, like they can do things that are, I don't know. I've seen my snake eat two mice in a row within like minutes of each other. And like the, the time it takes a 16 inch long, like half an inch wide tube to get like a fucking mouse twice that wide down its belly and near its butthole ready for the second one. It's like, I don't really get it, you know? Yeah. But <clears throat> yeah, I only feed him once a week. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, that's normal. Like he's not hungry until like day five. And then I stretch it out just to make sure he doesn't get overfed. But yeah, I, I also saw with uh, dragons, they, like some of them don't even need to eat if they're near a source of the magical elemental powers that feed them. So like for a dragon, if you're living on a magic volcano, you don't have to eat. That's but dope. they do anyway because they just like having a feast every Yeah, they every they have flavor. Right. Um so now I want to talk about my most favorite thing I've ever read about Dungeons and Dragons. It's it brought everything kind of full circle as I your was most favorite thing ever yes yeah it's my most favorite concept uh about the game uh which i didn't know until i was like so i started by thinking like okay we're gonna do dragons and then i started thinking about like well why do why do dragons like they exist right they exist mm -hmm. in the world of your fantasy realm how come all the people are still alive you know obviously there's adventurers with magic weapons, but like that takes time. Um, so I, I was just like interested to see if there was any kind of justification with how, and there's not just red dragons. There's so many different kinds and there's so many different kinds of dragons that just want to eat people like red dragons love humanoids just to eat them yep. for fun. They taste good. Yeah. And, and they, they take dominion. Like why isn't every kingdom either destroyed or ruled by a dragon, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I kind of went down another rabbit hole kind of researching that and i found something really really interesting um it talked about it explained it like there are tigers that live in the world in real life and people get eaten by tigers like or attacked by tigers killed by tiger tigers every year right so they we we kind of just know like okay don't live in the jungle you know or yeah. we, like we have an understanding of like how to do our best to avoid not getting eaten by tigers. Um, with dragons, it's a little bit more intense, right? Because they'll take down entire like civilizations. Yeah. And that's when I found my most favorite like little piece of like tidbit. And it started by explaining that dragons make people who make dungeons. So they basically what that means is like if you know there's a dragon that sleeps in the mountain and they only come uh, and destroy the town every, you know, 10 years. It's a force of nature. How do you protect yourself from that? Well, you make a dungeon. You make a, a fortified cellar. You make somewhere where the dragon can't fit or get to. And the reason it's my most favorite thing is because now dungeons and dragons make sense because that's why there's so many fucking dungeons because people have been trying to avoid the armies of dragons throughout the you know thousands and thousands of years and i just yeah. think that's so fun like a justification for dungeons in D, &D. <laughs> like there's forgotten you know passages and giant strongholds deep within mountains and things like that because civilizations would have to retreat when the dragons came to feast that's that crazy makes sense so that's why it's my favorite thing is i i just love that dragons make people who make dungeons <laughs> like that for some reason i was just like oh, full circle mind blown right <clears throat> that's hilarious actually i love it 
yeah so i think i think that was a fun a fun little piece of information and i i was like i'm glad there's some kind of justification because i always love that you know people take the time to be like all right you know there's not just dragons and somehow adventures seem to always kill them because they don't i'm sure there's been so many total party kills oh yeah from dragons <laughs> even yeah. with your 18 levels and magic weapons like 96 damage in one attack is a lot of fucking damage and that's just the red dragons so that's fun yeah it can like you know can we dish out that kind of damage probably not in one attack you know yeah right um, now. maybe Eventually. I haven't taken my sorcery points yet. Just you watch. My little source of den. It's going to be Just... doing out 100 damage in a round eventually, maybe. <laughs> I'm One at day. 50 right now, and I'm only level 10, so it only makes yeah, sense. Yeah, that was huge. Yeah. I max out, I... I think, at like 53 or something silly. Um, I don't know what my max damage I can do is. Actually, I mean, if I double crit, double smite, it's a lot of damage. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, do you guys know anything about the Gith Yankee and the Mind Flare Wars? I did read a bit about it. It was the it was the deal that I was I was talking. I mentioned it a little bit earlier. Um, it's one of the few relationships that they have. It was a treaty established. How would you, how would you, I, I'm so bad with. I think it was, they, they suck, they, they went to seek the help of dragons and went and talked to Tiamat. And mm -hmm. essentially what they did was the leader of the Githyanki took a hostage and they gave them red dragons. So it's kind of like, it's very, uh, it's typical in like medieval times to like, it, to settle uh political yeah yeah political hostages and they're not necessarily like in a jail cell like they'll fo no. they'll foster them and raise their children yeah. to kind of like we're gonna foster your kid we're gonna like marry our daughter to one of yours so that yep. way don't kill her we won't kill your son <laughs> and we'll improve our relationship between the the two uh, houses or families or yeah. whatever and it started it usually starts by force or conquering but it it only ever happens as like you're my political hostage because somebody wants something better from the relationship. Not that they want to like wipe you out, but yeah. they want to work more together in peace and harmony. And like raising your sons or daughters in their possession as like their sons and daughters, you know, like goes a long way into being like, yeah, please don't attack me because I'm treating your son or daughter like you would. Yeah. You know? And which, vice versa. Which is mm -hmm. kind of fucked up, but makes sense in a world where... I mean, but that's necessary. the kind of... It, if you're playing the game like that, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's extreme um, setup, like arranged marriages. Yeah, arranged marriages are part of like that setup no matter what. Yeah. But like, you know, when... If, you're, if your family fucks up and, or loses a war or whatever... You kind of have to do what you got to do, you know? Yeah. I'm surprised that Red Dragons would allow that, though. I know, right? I was really yeah. surprised. Um, and yeah. I'm not I'm not sure what what their end goal was. And, like, it would have to be something through greed unless it was a straight-up command by Tiamat. Like, just right. Like, for uh, Tiamat's greed. But... And would Tiamat, like, be able to extract that level of, like... Obedience. Yeah. yeah, obedience, yeah. Um the way it was kind of confusing, but the way I read it was like they took the Githyanki's leader and replaced them with a red dragon, so there was literally a red dragon that was uh as their oh. leader of the Githyanki. Well, that, I mean, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, then. so like they're they were they are obedient to only Tiamat. Like there's really no other obedience that's happening in red dragon culture. Um, and I don't know, I mean, like, parts of the D&D say, like, the, the red dragons worship Tiamat, or, you know, bend the, bend their will to them, you know, basically, and then there's other things saying that not all of them do, and then there's realms where Tiamat doesn't exist, so the red dragons don't, so there's a little bit of, like, you know, take it for what, whatever you want to take it for, but 
I I'm still interested. Like, why? What What was the end goal? <laughs> I think that there's like two things that could kind of explain it. One, the dragon, the red dragons that I that they sent to work with, um, work in this these battles. I believe were of young adulthood or younger, because once they reached adulthood, they could keep all of their accumulated wealth from all of the pillaging that they got to do, which was one of the only reasons that they makes sense stuck around was, there was um, so much wealth. Yeah, so they got to they got to participate in the raids and as long as they stayed loyal they could keep all of the wealth from the raids and like that they've accumulated themselves once the uh they became a, into adulthood cuz they obviously start to get more like dangerous and start to get like minds of their own like where once you start to get into adulthood into like ancient dragon territory like you're gonna your values just get stronger and stronger as you grow in any creature i would say um so i think that might make sense like maybe the young adults have like like they're like well i'm not really sure i know i like greed and i know there's this god that's like giving me the opportunity to like pillage and whatnot and like yeah so it might be like a little bit more along the lines yeah of like just conquest yeah like a bit of conquest and then a bit of like they don't have a mind of their own as far as like i I don't conform to your religion, mom. Yeah, like it might be, it know. might be a little bit of like the red dragons, uh, not being strong enough to take their own, um, their own realm. You know, like their own kingdom. I was just reading that it it and it seems like they, they were doing it for like growing purposes. Mm. The dragon, because uh, like the. The Githyanki needed young dragons, and I'm sure that's because they needed, like, ferocious, but like you said, Melina, easily trained. And I mean that in a respectful way, because I'm sure the red dragon allowed every bit of training. Yeah. But, but like... They're blooded. They're they're small. Yeah, they're small. And so, like you were saying, they can't really defend a horde in, you know, on the top of a mountain yet. But, like, through battle and like constant exercise they were able to like grow their horde and their body yeah and and that tracks i think with the you know red dragons specifically because they Mm -hmm. need to prove their strength yeah yeah they like they're just as much about how big their horde is as is how big their like physical body is and like would be able to show like how easily it could be for them to kill you and uh for those who have no idea what we're talking about the githyanki is like a race of people and on a different plane uh they're astral raiders that are fighting the mind flares kind of like just all the time um which i found out there was some lore that dropped like two or three years ago that said that the githyanki are mutated humanoids um sorry sorry mutated humans like that's official D D lore so like the mind flares uh, enslaved the humans and like twisted them and contorted them until you have the githyanki that we are that we see today and that the mind flares actually killed the human god so that's a big deal found that out um also i was like while i was while you were saying that i was kind of thinking maybe that's i mean it's probably a campaign setting right there is figure out like why the the red dragons are helping the githyanki maybe because of some kind of like stuff behind the scenes that we don't see because tiamat's trying to avenge the god of humans or something or take its place Yeah, because i thought tiamat was bad yeah tiamat is bad but people have motivations that or especially gods they have motivations that don't make sense sometimes that's true the play could be like eons down the road for us to never even understand yeah and Dragons are the, the epitome of the the long life perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, they do things for reasons that don't make sense and never will to someone with a hundred year lifespan. Yeah. So. What's a hundred years but a blink? Yeah. 
Just I'll go I'll go fight alongside of some spaceships for a hundred years and come right back. That sounds cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> okay, well, um, we are getting close to waking this dragon up, so we better hurry um, and finish our our conversation. Uh, we're gonna skip over all the prompt questions because you know we have to. Uh, There's a lot of information. Yeah, it's dragons. a lot of information, especially covering mm -hmm. metallic, chromatic, all the different variant variations and stuff like that. This will not be the last time we talk about dragons. No, no. <laughs> nope. And and if there's if you want us to go down the list of all the different dragons, make sure you reach out to us at the contact information that I'm sure is in the mid mid roll. Um, yeah, I, I guess I'll just say in general: Is there any uh, ask? Is there any questions or or not questions? But is there anything you liked about the dragons that you've seen in media, red dragons, or is there something you would do with them in a uh, role-playing game or now that you now that we've researched that is there is it you know just kind of in general i love to ask what you would do with them um how would you kill with them or what your perspective is on them now versus beforehand i saw a picture of um a dry it looked like a like just purely based on the image it looked like a dragonborn rogue um type creature with like as a red dragon rider but like in an evil campaign setting or in a in a like chaotic campaign setting um that could be really cool yeah that sounds fun i'll i'll say that like something i didn't realize was the extent of their their greed like i know that they are the greediest and that they they raise hordes and blah 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 <laughs> but uh they're their greed for strength was interesting to me and i really want to like explore kind of dig the vein of like them having to prove their strength to other red dragons so maybe being in the middle of a red dragon conflict where one has shown weakness and now the townsfolk of the you know local area are like in turmoil because there's all these red dragons that are coming to fight each other and you're just in the middle of like a red dragon you know <laughs> basically land conflict because everyone's trying to claim it or maybe like all the red dragons are trying to uh peacock for a female red dragon and they're like, all the townsfolk are like what the fuck all these red dragons keep trying to court this female that lives in the mountains that's been sleeping for a hundred years that'd be and scary and a lot of fighting and a lot of fun yeah like it'd be interesting if as long as the village city or whatever was just far enough away because i feel like when you put a city inside like sure you get like one dragon and that it's like it's a lot but it's like hey maybe we'll survive this if we all really really try but you throw two dragons into the mix i feel like it's just a peasant you're like nope i'm dead I'm, I'm like not even fucking trying. Like, unless you've built a dungeon. Unless you've built a dungeon. That is so freaking hilarious, actually. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, outside of that, I think like what I found most interesting is that they prefer to fight on the ground. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, that they're like so big that there's they can fly and that they do fly like when they need to, but if it's fighting that they prefer to like use their bulk and their speed on the ground. Cause they are quite fast when they're using their arms and legs. Sure. That would try. Yeah. Sense. I mean, it makes sense. The barbarian red dragon, like I'm going to mm -hmm. fight you fist to fist, claw to fist. Yep. Dragon. And it would do that because of, of like pride yeah. more than anything else, you know, like it probably knows its limitations, but it would never say that. Yeah. It's like the warrior making fun of the rain, like the archer. Yeah. Like, oh, you use a coward's weapon. You have to be far away from the fight. I am right in the middle. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm pretty sure... Oh, yep, those are kobolds popping up, and they're red. Oh, we got to go. beefy kobolds. Oh, ah. the dragon's waking up. All right. Uh, we'll make some dexterity saving throws, and you'll have to find out next time if we passed or failed. Hmm. Uh that's going to do it for us today. I'm Dylan. 
I'm Melina. And I'm Alex. And we'll see you next week. Bye.